0: Good morning and welcome to episode 43 of the Quickie Podcast. Woo! Get excited. Happy Saturday morning, everybody. Um, Today's guest is Skylar Aida. He is a designer at Shore down in Seattle. He is a Washington guy. He's been in Washington and just moved around Washington, landed in the big old city of Seattle. I really enjoyed chatting with Skyler. I really like his answer that he gave as well to our previous guest's question. Uh, Sheldon from episode 42 asked, what is one uncurated item that you just absolutely love or can't live without? I, his answer is interesting for sure. Uh, he is a designer who is also fascinated by type and typefaces. Um, we talk about what you can learn from or see in different typefaces. Um, he also shares with us some of the most influential designs and design systems. It's actually a really unique answer I haven't had before. Um, and he also shares when he first realized um, graphic design existed outside of his outside of the classroom. So I'm going to let Skyler tell you the rest of it, ladies and gentlemen. Skyler Aida, here we go.
1: Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie?
0: All right. Hey, Skyler. How are you doing today?
1: Doing okay. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for joining me on the podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, happy to be here.
0: So uh, let's just dive right in. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself.
1: Um. Well, my name is Skylar Aida. Um. I'm a Washington native. I was born and grew up in and around the state. Um. And then I recently moved to Seattle where I am currently a designer slash developer at Shore, which is a design agency in Pioneer Square.
0: Awesome. And that was your, is this your first gig out of after graduation or what have you done
1: Yeah, this is. uh, I got out of school uh, two and a half years ago um, and, you know, probably spent about three months kind of floating around and then landed here. Um, So yeah, definitely my first official big, big boy job out of school.
0: (laughs) That's a big boy job. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. So I want to go further back beyond, you know, finishing school and that. And I want to chat about your childhood briefly here. Um, What was your childhood like? And do you feel that you had a creative childhood? And what made it that way?
1: Uh, Yeah, you know, I think that is, it's a tricky question for me. I feel like personally, um, I wouldn't say that I had a particularly creative childhood. I feel like it it was no more or no less than anyone else. You know, I'd say pretty middle of the road um, in terms of general environment, you know, my mom was, uh, she did, she did daycare, um, for a while. And so she definitely was like, you know, knew how to interact with kids. And so had a lot of games that involved like paint, I suppose, but that's like, I think everyone, if as a kid, you know, plays around with paint and draws and colors and does generally creative things. Mm -hmm. One exception is I feel like in high school, um, my first introduction to like design as a, as a creative path or as a professional sort of route um, was at like a trade school program when I was like a sophomore in high school. And my parents did very much encourage me to do that. So, you know, that's maybe part of it.
0: Got it. So that's about the time that you started hitting down that creative field once you, um, sort of got to taste it a little bit in trade school, I guess.
1: Yeah, it was very, it was very traditional. You know, I just like went around and I toured all these different programs. Like, there's an automotive route, and there was like a film production route, and there was, uh, you know, like a nursing pre pre med sort of route that you could do in high school, and then there was a graphic design route, and uh, I did both the graphic design and the video production and web design sort of like trade programs when I was about 16, 15. Gotcha.
0: I went to a high school that sort of merged your uh, grade 11 and 12 along with your first year of university in whatever chosen direction, similar to that.
1: Oh, like running start?
0: Yeah, pretty much. So I started in the direction of automotive, actually. That was my first sort of career path. Cool. Yeah, it didn't actually end up working, but hey, that's all right. I mean,
1: it's a good experience. I bet it was fun.
0: Yeah, it was. It was cool working on cars. Lots of fun stories there. Yeah. Um, So then when you started learning more about design in that trade school then, Mm -hmm. um, was there a moment that you remember where you first started realizing and noticing um, design in the world around you or creative in the world around you? What did you start seeing?
1: Um, You know, yeah, I feel like that is another question where I'm like, I feel like a lot of it went over my head. (laughs) You know, like I was in the program that was like, this is graphic design, but it still felt to me like graphic design existed in the class where I was learning graphic design. It wasn't like, a, Oh yeah. Suddenly my, my eyes were opened to it. Um, yeah. I think that, um, yeah, I don't know. It felt that way more so when I reached college and I really decided to do it, you know, uh, cause I also studied it, um, as my undergrad. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think that was like the second wave where I was like, you know what, this is everywhere, and it's something that I can be a part of, I suppose.
0: Yeah, so that's the moment sort of then when you started taking that classroom learning to you know, seeing how that is applied in the outside world with packaging or with all the different elements of design out mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. painting a picture here. Mm-hmm. So then what's been, what do you think has been the most influential design of your life so far, either something you've seen or something you've been a part of?
1: Mm, yeah. Is it okay if I say the internet? Is that a lame answer?
0: No, it's <laughs> not on that. Tell me about it.
1: Yeah. I would say either like very big picture, either the internet or the alphabet, you know, cause you could say that those are design, design systems, I suppose. Uh, and they, I, you could also argue that they're the most influential for sure. Um, and yeah, you know, I feel like I'm 24 right now. And I first started getting on the internet when I was probably like, you know, 12 or 13. And so having that as like the source of all knowledge, um, Mm -hmm. really, really was influential, you know, and like blogs, uh, even if I didn't think about it as graphic design, um, just like visual information that you're consuming on the internet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. has, has a huge, huge effect on, um, on me. It has had a huge effect on me for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: So in that process of going through, School and now into you know as you had said the big boy design job. Mm -hmm. What what do you feel has been the most challenging time so far in that transition?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, probably probably the gap you know between uh, graduation and getting a job. You know, it wasn't that long; it was only about three months. But I was I was actively looking for a place that I felt like I wanted to be and Mm -hmm. to really spend time at in that time. And uh, you know, I, I think there's a thing with design programs, or at least the design program that I was at, where, you know, you're below upperclassmen that are graduating and are getting jobs right out of graduation. And, you know, there's kind of this expectation that when you graduate, that if you're performing at a certain caliber, that it's not going to be too hard, you know, like it Mm -hmm. it is something that it's a track that is just going to funnel you into a place that is going to make you happy. Uh, And that's not true. You know, I, I'm sure that, it happens, and I know people that it has happened to. And also, I, I feel like it sort of happened to me because I only had to look around for a job for about three months, uh, and I'm pretty happy where I am. Um, but that that's a difficult transition, you know, just coming out of school and, and expecting to get a job. And, you know, there isn't any job that gets handed to you for sure. That's not what happens.
0: Mm-hmm. So, in your job hunt, then, were there any sort of prerequisites for the companies that you were applying to? Were you looking for them to have worked with certain clients or to have, um, you know, a certain sort of history or, or what, what was your, what were you looking for?
1: Um, prere- prerequisites for myself.
0: Uh, no, for the companies that you were applying to, or was it just a blast and sort of see what sticks?
1: Um, yeah, I think, I think the first wave was definitely, uh, a blast, you know, like, uh, just at a certain level, I was just sending out a lot of, um, emails and boilerplate cover letters and stuff like that to, to places that I felt like had, um, you know, a, a high degree of, um, design acumen, I suppose. I don't know. I didn't really go deep. I kind of judged that based on, uh, their, their use of typography. Um, and if it was like, if I could tell that they were good at using type, then I was like more interested, um, And so that was like first wave. And then second wave is definitely once you actually start to speak with people and you meet with people and you kind of get a sense of who they are and, um, what, what their expectations are of you that it's, you know, kind of getting at that culture fit conversation. And that is, you know, the most important, I think. Uh, and so that's the biggest criteria that I had for sure. So
0: did you have moments then where you were in interviews and had opportunities, but it just didn't feel right in your gut? It just didn't feel like the right spot
1: yeah for sure i was definitely talking with uh this place i don't remember the name and even if i did i wouldn't mention it but yeah i was like definitely uh having ongoing conversations with this one place that seemed pretty interested seemed like you know if i wanted to work there that was something that could happen but uh yeah it definitely didn't at any point feel right um and i was kind of dreading it you know where i was like this is i'm gonna have to take this job because i need to get a job um to pay the bills but like i don't want i don't want to be here because the people here don't seem like they uh, understand the value of what I'm bringing to the table and they don't, you know, uh, just didn't, just didn't vibe well. Didn't, didn't mesh right. Uh, There's just
0: something well. about it where it just didn't, didn't feel right. For sure. Got it. So you've mentioned a couple of times <clears throat> um, type now. And one of the things that you mentioned as part as part of, you know, something that's influential being the alphabet. So do you have a, you know, a focus or a, um, a passion for, for typography and, you know, exploring and understanding that deeper.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. For sure. That was something that I feel like I was told when I reached, um, college was like, you know, what's the best way to strengthen your design uh, expertise. And it's by, you know, having a better understanding of typography. And, um, you know, I think that's really true. I think, I think it's very foundational. Um, Mm -hmm. At the same time, it's foundational and then it is, it is, uh, it's easy to get sucked in and it's a very deep sort of hole of knowledge and you know, visual information and it just is like really easy to, to, to let it um, suck you in for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like I'm definitely at that point where I'm you know, nerding out about fonts, really excited about you know, typefaces. There's a lot of really interesting stuff happening right now especially with social media and there's just a lot more people designing interesting typefaces these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but yes, you know, that <laughs> de- definitely a, a major interest.
0: Well, one of the things that like, I am not a, you know, I don't, underst- I don't understand typography to the level of, you know, a proper designer. I'm not a designer myself. I enjoy looking at it and I enjoy when it's mm-hmm. a good fit and when I feel that just from a typeface, the brand and the business that it it follows is uh, when they align, when they mm-hmm. visually align. Mm-hmm. I, I notice that. Mm-hmm. But what else can you see in, in type? What can you look for in type?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like, I feel like because it's such a, a deep well of knowledge that there is kind of this like intimidation that happens where if you don't, if you don't, you know, like designers, I feel like are intimidated by type designers, you know, like graphic designers who like pick the fonts are like, well, I could never design a font because that's like the amount of, you know, knowledge and like, you know, practical expertise that is involved there is just so immense. And it's true. If you go to like graduate school for type design, you know, mm-hmm. they teach you how to engrave typefaces or like letter forms in stone, you know, and it's like insanely rigorous Uh as a as a teaching method. Um, at the same time, though, I think it really does just come from looking. Um, and like, you, you know, it's just a, a long, a long amount of time, or a lot of a lot of time spent looking at letters, and then you just start to you just start to notice certain things about it. Um, and then that kind of just gives you that further level of understanding, you know, and it's, it's surprising how long it takes to notice certain things. And I don't know if I could say like what it is that you notice, but just like very tiny details, very tiny details that are almost subliminal. And then at a certain point, um, they're like very apparent, you know, after you've seen them for so long.
0: So you can maybe say it's almost like the why of that particular typeface starts to become apparent the longer you look at it, the longer you see it.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it's like, it, you can start to pick it out more as like a train of thought too. You can like see where, where the, what the idea or the basic concept of the typeface was, came from mm-hmm. um, just by looking at the, the letter forms. And that also has implications for like, you know, the historical precedent of certain, you know, letter sets too, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you can definitely pick them apart and, and notice a lot, a lot of information. Got it.
0: Okay, sorry, I got a little bit off track there, but I was interested in what you had to say about that.
1: Oh, yeah, we Um, can talk about it for hours.
0: (laughs) So I want to curve back to taking us to, I want you to take us to um, a design or a project, specifically, a specific project that you've been a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. Uh, Maybe it was something during your, uh, during college, during your education, or maybe it's been something in the last couple of years while you're out in the big boy design world. what what was that like and how did that feel?
1: Okay. Yeah, I guess I have it. All right. Let's hear it. So, yeah, there was one project that I did for, or was part of for a local um, contractor um, mm-hmm. that, you know, helped build buildings um, and did some, like, furniture design, but they were basically a, a contractor. Um, and, you know, basically – there were, we came up with three three different directions for the project um, and showed them all to the client. And my direction was the one that the client liked the most. Um, awesome. It was the one that I worked, worked on and I was really excited about it. It was definitely a really interesting concept and visually looked quite interesting, I think. Um, and so I was excited that they chose it. And then, um, yeah, this was one of my first projects uh, that was like chosen by a client. So that was also exciting. Um, but then, yeah, once it kind of got past the design phase and into the production phase and into the phase where it really started needing to be put into practice. Uh, It was, it was kind of like a design system and the logo, uh, you know, it was just kind of challenging to use. And in, in one way, it was really conceptually interesting, but then functionally uh, it had, it had a lot of challenges. Um, And so thinking back, I think it was a good, a scenario where like I was excited as a designer about the work, but actually I would consider it to be not a success uh, just because of how um, it maybe wasn't the easiest thing to use uh, as a client um, or even understand as a viewer. Um, So, so yeah, I would definitely say that.
0: And that's a good one actually, because you know, as a designer you created something that was visually a winner And multiple people agreed on the winner and it didn't really show up until the application stages um, Mm -hmm. where you started seeing how it could be challenging in that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So since then I've definitely adjusted my approach to spend more, a lot more time thinking about it through the lens of a client first and foremost in like how well they're going to be able to to use it and to put it into practice and then also as a viewer you know is it really understandable is it really aiding in the process of understanding the business or the brand
0: and it's those kind of learning curves that help shape you know dynamite processes years down
1: the road mm-hmm. i hope so <laughs>
0: <laughs> so i've heard
1: anyways <laughs>
0: sure <laughs> awesome so what is something you are struggling with in your design career right
1: now Um, you know, I guess that's a very similar, I could, I could answer it in a very similar way, uh, because, you know, I think I am, um, very interested in, you know, the client side of design and, you know, really whatever I do, I want to make sure that it works for them first and foremost. And so I don't want to put too much of myself into the design work. That's a decision that I've made. Um, just like mentally, if I was thinking through it, that's what I would say. At the same time, though, it's hard to truly distance your own ideas and what you think is interesting uh, from from the design process, especially if you're working on brand. You know, if you're doing something that involves a lot of like user testing, then you can say, "Well, you know, this is my design, and these are the objective test measures that say that it's performing." Um, and if if you're at a place that doesn't do user testing, or you're working on brand stuff that you know doesn't do focus groups, which I think is a good thing. Uh, Then you kind of do have to just do your best, you know, and, and uh, while you are excited about certain ideas, you don't let those ideas get, get like overpower the work for the client. Um, And so that's just a a relationship that I think many designers struggle with and that I certainly struggle with is, you know, how do I be, um, how do I make sure that I'm making the decisions for the client while also you know, balancing that with my own inherent will to be expressive, uh, in certain moments.
0: Mm -hmm. So just struggling with, you know, learning where the sweet spot is for that balance in each project. Totally. Got it. All right. I'm turning the corner here for you. So tell us about a project that you've been a part of, um, in your design career so far that you are the most proud of one that makes your heart sing or the biggest design feather in your cap.
1: Cool. Um, yeah, this is a, this one I got an answer for. It's a recent project that we just finished up, um, for a zip line company, um, oh, cool. that operates out of Hawaii. And this is a great project because, you know, I think especially coming out of school, you know, an aspiring designer, you wouldn't ever think like, oh man, I'm going to do a great brand for a zip line company. Um, but that is what ended up happening. And I feel like we, we, uh. We just did a really good job for this zipline brand out of Hawaii, um, and the the word mark um, I think was really successful, um, both in terms of balancing who they wanted to be and who they wanted to seem, and uh, also just like looking, you know, in- interesting. I think it just has a lot of cool cool elements at play, and then you know we had a photo shoot done. And the whole branding process, I think, just came together really well. Um, which I don't know, it was a curveball. I wouldn't have expected a zipline company to be the, <laughs> but it definitely was. Yeah,
0: that can sometimes be, you know, the best. You know, when you're surprised by you're know, working with a company like that, right? Where something you didn't quite see. Mm-hmm. I like oh. that.
1: And then I guess another thing, I, I did a custom typeface for them as well, which was another fun aspect of the process process and the whole project overall
0: captain type back at it again yeah
1: never had done that before but it was a lot of fun
0: awesome that's a cool one too great job Mm -hmm. um so i want to know about one design product tool website or a community that you just can't live without
1: Mm -hmm. great question um i would definitely have to say um like the the independent print community or like book arts or, you know, independent magazines. Uh, There's just a lot happening out there right now, um, especially in Europe, uh, but all over, you know, Los Angeles, New York, you know, printed matter. uh, All those places um, are just doing really cool stuff with uh, print, even though I think like 10 years ago, people were like, Oh, just put it on the website. And it's like such a clear and resounding, rejection of that and it's like oh yeah well obviously you're still going to enjoy um you know print print material as like yeah. a um you know form of media that is still entertaining or uh, more so more entertaining more valuable than uh digital media so mm-hmm. that's that's the one i
0: love it the print community mm-hmm. Perfect. So before I get into the lightning round, I have the pay it forward question. So this is your opportunity to ask a question of the next guest. Mm -hmm. And I have a question here from my previous guest. Mm. Um, Now I'm just going to pause just for a sec because I want to make sure I get the wording of this question right. Because it was Mm -hmm. a very specifically worded question. Just give me two seconds here. Because I wrote it down like mid-interview point form. I mm-hmm. had to run out and uh, Deal with my Kid stuff Cool, no worries
1: <laughs> Who is your last your guest? Uh,
0: so my last guest was a gentleman named Sheldon Popiel um, He is Do you know the show Dragon's Den? Yeah. yeah So it's very similar to Shark Tank in the US But Dragon's Den, there's that lady on there, Arlene Dickinson Okay She owns an agency in Alberta, Canada called Venture Communications. Huh. So he is the creative director for the accelerator program um, of the brands that Arlene invests in. Cool. Yeah. So it's a pretty good one. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. All right. Perfect. So as designers, um, designers tend to be around, how do I word this one properly? So Sheldon's question is, what is the one uncurated thing in your life that you love? You know, when we're picking out products and picking out restaurants and things like that, Um, You know, think of going to the restaurant with the nice logo and the nice menu and it's got a really nice feel or going out to pick up a laptop bag and it's got this, it's wonderfully crafted with a lovely pocket and it's perfect. What's the one thing that isn't, you know, crafted like that, but you just love?
1: Uh, Yeah, that's a great question. I love that question. Uh, Here at the studio at Shore, we actually often... um, we have this way of speaking about this phenomenon sort of, and we call it bad good. Bad Okay. Yeah. And it's like, we describe certain things that, you know, you see and it doesn't look like if you were designing it, you wouldn't ever make the decisions that would end up creating something that looked or felt a certain way. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's just unconsidered really. Um, And in many ways, when you first see it, it might come off as crude or, unrefined and then, but actually it's just so charming and so endearing that it's really good. Like you can't even replicate it. It's so good. You know, if you were trying to design something that is as good, you couldn't, you know, Uh, it's just kind of, it's like, you know, bad, formally bad, but you know, spiritually good. Uh, (laughs) so, so I love the question in terms of a single one though. I don't know.
0: So in short terms, it's what is your bad good Skyler?
1: Yeah. Can I phone a friend? <laughs> <laughs> do
0: whatever you need to do. It'll be the first phone a friend.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I'm coming up with lots of ideas. I just need to pick one. Yeah, I guess I'm going to be non nondescript uh, but I'm going to say that it's it's a cookbook. You know, it's like it's like the collection of recipes. That yeah, I wouldn't say curated. It's just kind of jumbled together. Um, that yeah, just kind of has this wonkiness about it, but it's like your cookbook that you love. Uh, It's like your favorite cookbook. I feel like that's a good way of of describing it. As soon as you
0: say that, I think of like the old Canadian living cookbooks. Yes. Are not like beautifully designed like a brand new Jamie Oliver cookbook. Yeah. But like it's horrible font. It's badly put together. Yeah. They stick around for decades. Yes. And you refer to them all the time.
1: Yeah. Like the original Betty Crocker, you know, home living or something. Uh, yeah. Something, a cookbook for sure. (laughs) Awesome. All right.
0: Now, before I get into lightning round, what is your paid forward question?
1: Um, well, so I got, I got one that I feel like, you know, maybe is a little bit too similar to one of the questions that, uh, you already listed. So just tell me what you think. But, um, you know you have a question that is who is a designer or brand that you look up to closely or you look up to or closely follow, and what is it about them that you like uh, and I feel like i want I want that question to be slightly different, which is um like who is a you know notable mentor or who is someone who you feel like has has been a mentor to you and what has that you know relationship dynamic been like um, because i think I think that idea of mentorship is really important in the design discipline.
0: I know who I'm going to be asking this question of. So you'll just have to wait in here. I think you'll get a good answer though.
1: Cool. Very cool. All
0: right, man, now I'm going to enter the lightning round here. I'm ready. I've got 10 back to back to back questions. One to two word answers is generally, uh, would generally do.
1: Okay. I'm going
0: to go with question set number one here with you. I feel like you're going to dig it. Let's do it. Ready to go. Yeah. Awesome. Number one then. What is one of your nicknames that only your parents would know?
1: Mr. Bromo.
0: <laughs> Mr. Bromo. <laughs> uh, number two, texting or phone call? Ooh, phone call. Oh, classic. What animal would best describe your design style? A marmot. A <laughs> guy designs like a marmot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, notebook and pencil or laptop?
1: A laptop. <laughs>
0: You can have one superpower. What do you choose? Time travel. Describe the last picture you took with your phone. Tasty. (laughs) Say one word in a different language.
1: Cansado.
0: Ask for permission or ask for forgiveness later.
1: Forgiveness.
0: Now, if you were on the show Fear Factor, would you choose to be covered in spiders or eat live insects?
1: I would not be on the show Fear Factor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Period. Just not on. Nope. nope. Not there. You didn't, didn't even sign up. <laughs> you can only choose one Adobe Suite product to use for the rest of your career. What is it?
1: Libraries.
0: Libraries. Man, you made it to the end, Skylar. That's it. Cool. <laughs>
1: that was tough
0: (laughs) good good i like it i had to think about it that's great man um thank you so much for your time man i really appreciate you being on the show today
1: yeah thanks for having me for sure all right thank
0: you so much for listening to today's episode i really appreciate it thank you so much have a great weekend everybody just kidding i'm back tomorrow morning come on now see you tomorrow